What's going on, people? I want to welcome all of you to another edition of the Zone Coverage Quick Shots. My name is Q. This is my podcast here on the T2Q Network. And on this quick shot, we'll discuss no other than who? Antonio Brown. He's back in the news again. Um, we'll also talk about Zion getting his first um, NBA playing time in the regular season against the Spurs. And um, a new onside kick rule is being experimented in the Pro Bowl. So we'll have that and more as we get into the quick shots. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? TalkToQ.com, sign up for the email newsletter, and have the show delivered to your inbox each and every time it airs. Get my show legends back on the line, Buck in Pensacola, Ray up there in Chile, New Jersey, where my New Jersey Devils can't win a game. And uh, I want to talk about Antonio Brown is back in the news again, fellas. Uh, there's a story oh, that Lord. dropped about 4.30 Eastern time today. Um, Tuesday, that says they're investigating a possible battery outside of the home of free agent wide receiver Antonio Brown. The alleged victim, a driver of a moving truck outside of Brown's home. He says that he was battered by Brown and his trainer, Glenn Holt. Now, according to the, to the police, Holt was arrested and charged with one count of burglary with battery. Um, the police say that Brown is a suspect, but he has not been arrested or charged. And um, that's pretty much all we know. It's an ongoing investigation. Uh, Brown's house is located in a gated community in um, Hollywood, Florida. And there were multiple neighbors that told ESPN that they're fed up with everything that happens at his house. You know, last week, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, conditionally terminated their, his relationship with him and told, asked him to seek counseling. Uh, and anytime Drew Rosenhaus cuts you loose, then you know that there's nothing that can be done. Because Drew Rosenhaus has stuck with this guy through thick and thin. He stuck with T.O. through thick and thin. And, you know, earlier this month, Antonio Brown had, had an obs, obs, obscene outburst towards the police and the mother of his children that he streamed live on Instagram. Um using explicit language and calling the police, you know, names and stuff. And Buck, I'll start with you, because this was, this was your boy back in the day, and now he's not former Steeler and all. I guess the question is, will Antonio Brown play football in 2020 or beyond? Hell to the motherfucking No. He will not ever play another down in NFL football. Um, this guy, the only way he'll play another down in football is he actually gets some sort of counseling. Um, it's obvious. I mean, there's something wrong with him. Um, whether you, you, you can call it CTE, you can call it whatever. But 
that he, I mean, granted, he's had issues ever since, you know, dating back to when he was drafted. You know, once he started getting money and getting paid, he just progressively got worse. So, but as far as, you know, seeing his Twitter feed almost on a daily daily basis and seeing, you know, what he says, how he says it, doing the things that he's doing, he's not making, he's not, it's not even rational anymore. It's not something that you can really make fun of. It's something that you have to be concerned about because there's something wrong with it. And, you know, you, if anything, I feel sorry for him because, you know, he needs some sort of counseling, get checked out, maybe get some pills, whatever, you know, at this point you need to get something done. If you want to play football, then you need to get counseling. Keep your mouth shut. Stay off Twitter. Stay off all the, you know, all all that kind of stuff. Get your life together. You got kids. You got kids that look up to you as as their father. And you're in the news every day in the negative light. And it's got to be rough on the kids, too, not just the kid's mom. So at this point, I just think he needs to get some sort of help. And all we can do is pray for him because, I mean, he's getting in trouble every day. And it's just, it's really sad at this point. And Ray, I'll let you chime in, man. Will AB play NFL football in 2020 or beyond? Yes, I believe so. I believe that um, all of this stuff is, is resolvable. Really, I don't think that he actually did anything wrong. I think that he has a big ego. I believe that he should have tried harder to resolve the issue. The issue would have been resolved had he would have went to the commissioner's office. But if you don't go to the commissioner's office, how can you resolve the issue? And, you know, we all know the charges are false, but his ego will not allow him to go through the process because he feels like he doesn't have to talk to anybody. He doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do. He doesn't have to answer to anybody or and stuff like that. And you're going to have to go and talk to these white people if you want to get back in the league. And if you don't understand that, that's where the problem is. The only reason why Drew Rosenhaus cut him off is because he can't make him no money. You know, so... When he comes talking about, oh, he is temporarily stepping away and all this kind of stuff, that's just what that's about. Now, this latest thing that happened to me, it sounds like a lot of bullshit. Sounds like a man brought his ass up to the house and tried to move something that was not movable, that was not that lady's shit or whatever the case may be. And I don't know. I only heard about the story. I can tell you what it is already. And he tried to take something that didn't belong to him, and they tried to stop the guy from taking it. Now you're claiming that, oh, you know, you got battery and all this bullshit here. I don't like that. See, to me, they need to charge the people who's making these accusations, like the guy tried to sue Beckham because he slapped them on the ass after the football game. You know, had charges bringing on for assault and this, that, and other. Come on, man, are you serious? But this is the kind of stuff that makes news. You know, when you factor all this stuff in together, yeah, is he arrogant? Is he a lot of things? Yeah, he is. But he say, what is the be stupid? 
you know, come out for the New Orleans Saints and say, hey, you just come by yourself and I bring four or five guys with me, exactly what they asked me not to do. Does that make him a bad guy? No. Makes him a stupid guy. But doesn't make him a bad guy. So a lot of people said, oh, he did this, oh, he did that, oh, he did this. No, this is the situation. The woman tried to exploit money from Antonio Brown. He said, I'm not giving you $2 million because we had uh, a relationship together. Now he did a whole lot of shit like he did on the video when the police was there, throwing gummy bear dinglings at the girl and stuff like that and cursing at the police and all that. That's the kind of stuff that people outside our community don't understand. Now when she gets mistreated, she goes in and says, oh, he attacked me, he did this, he did that, knowing good and well this man got laying on top of women. He ain't got to do stuff like that. And you was out here and, you know, they had a good time and you took pictures after the fact and all this kind of stuff. But then when he had a disagreement, this is what you said. So now everybody jump on the say, oh, he did this, he did that. Come on, man, we know what this is. It's different. If you got video or you beating a woman or dragging her down the street or something like that, he got to understand you can't curse a woman out on TV or on video or something like that. Regardless of whether she's a whore, she's a cheater, she's a whatever, as long as some small kids are standing out there and you're on TV or on video filming yourself, you cannot call her names like that because it's not going to be accepted by everyone. And he don't understand that. In the hood, yeah, we, you know, black folks and stuff, they laughing. But at the same time, it's not funny in society. And that's what he got to understand. Talking to the police like you going crazy. Why you think they put these charges on his ass? My boy said last week, we going to get him. So that's what they did. They got him. So that's it. All right. Well, um, yeah, I definitely think that Antonio Brown is more stupid than he is guilty of of of, of anything. Um, but I and I think he has a mental problem. I, I really do think that something is is wrong with him, and um, he needs to get it taken care of, like Drew Rosenhouse suggested. And even if he doesn't think so, he needs to do it if he plans on getting back in the league. Because like Buck said, if he doesn't um, at least make that effort, then it could be a problem. Let me go to the six-on-one area code and welcome on Eminem in Jackson, Mississippi. Eminem was shaking. Hey, what up, Q? What up, fellas? Not much, man. What up, Eminem? And uh, also, while I'm thinking about it, I forgot to mention, I want to wish uh, Buck a happy belated birthday. His birthday was last week, so shouts out to the Buck for um, turning 88. Appreciate it, sir. Congratulations, man. <laughs> and, um, hey, that's my favorite driver number. That's not my age. <laughs> so, speaking of um, speaking of um, mental illness, man, uh, have you all seen this video, of Delonte West? I I haven't. And. Um, I have not, but I heard about I, it. I, uh, I, sorry, I heard yeah, something about uh, on. Uh, I was watching the end of uh, what was it? Uh, Highly questionable or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought I heard somebody mention something about Delonte West, but I did. I didn't know what it was about. And it's sad, man. Now I, I, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. Uh, 
but essentially it's like he's on the street and I don't know if it was a cop or who it was, uh, but he was getting beat up in the street this morning. And, you know, the guy's life has just been going downhill ever since the NBA. And uh, so he's shirtless and some dude's beating him up in the middle of the street and somebody was filming it. And, uh, I mean, he's missing Damn. teeth. He's talking crazy, and, man, it is something really wrong with him. I know, I think his brother has come out on record and said he's bipolar. Um, and even some one of his teammates, I think, came out and said that, you know, he's not on drugs or anything. He just really needs some serious mental help. And uh, it's a sad video, man, if you watch it. This this dude, is, this guy's really need to get, someone really needs to get him into some type of rehab and, get him some meds, man, because he's just out here on the streets like he's just, like he's PTSD or something, man. It's it's it's, it's crazy. So, But he missing missing teeth and getting beat up. It's just like... And he may be missing teeth know, because uh, he's getting beat up. I don't down. know. He may be missing teeth yeah. because he's and getting beat up. And man made $16 million. Mm. Damn. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know here. I see a lot of guys uh, that's you know clearly they mental, but a lot of them, you know, I don't know. Maybe they get they still some kind of way get struck out on drugs, alcohol, and they like that. So hopefully that ain't the case with him because that's a double win, man. If it is, yeah, we'll see. So. All right, um, the NFL is going to experiment with an alternative to the onside kick um, on Sunday's Pro Bowl. And so, the, you know, the league is still trying to consider the option is going to be something they do during the regular season. Now, this particular option was done in the AAF, or like I like to call it the AF, this previous spring, um, <laughs> the now defunct football league. Um, as in the past years, they're not going to be any kickoffs in the Pro Bowl. The twist is this year, teams will have two options after sh- after scoring. Scoring. Now you can give the ball back to the other um, to the opponent, which means they'll get the ball on the twenty-five yard line, since there are no kickoffs. If you want an onside kick, so to speak, what you would have to do, they will put the ball on the twenty-five yard line, and it will be fourth and fifteen. If you pick up the first down, you get to keep the ball, just like recovering the onside kick. If you don't, wherever the ball is, you know, when the play is over is where the other team gets the ball. So that's how it's going to work. And Eminem, I'll start with you first, man. What do you think of this idea of possibly removing the onside kick and setting up a 4th and 15 from your own 25-yard line? I mean, I – I personally, you know, if it was, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's it's kind of like one of them things with me. Like, if it's the Pro Bowl, it should be just no more just regular football, you know, if that's not some kind of added rule. Um, if it's added to some kind of skill challenge, it seems like it's all right. But I don't know. I, uh, I don't know what. Did they say why is it for? Is it for ratings or something? Or they just well, you know, they want to get away from onside kicks because of the danger in kickoffs and collisions and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, 
And the way onside kicks are now, man, it's almost impossible to get one with the new rules. Yeah, yeah, that would with the with the new rules, yeah, it's almost eliminated. So they're but, trying uh, to make it a little. I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't it, know. I, mean, I, I, I guess that's the one that has to grow on me. It'll be exciting if if it's a game where it's a six point game and and Aaron Rodgers has a fourth and fifth fifteen on the twenty five to keep the, the chains moving. I mean, that's exciting. But I don't know. You take away the there's no more surprise onside kick. You take that completely away, and then with the ball being on your own twenty five. I would feel better if the ball was on the 35, because first of all, that's where you kick off from, the 35-yard line. Or is it the 35-yard right. line? I think they moved it back to the 30. I can't remember. Uh, I think it's the – they changed it because it was the 30, but I think it might be yeah. – well, well, Maybe they moved it up I'm to getting mixed up. They I'm changed it a little bit over the years. But let's say you put it on the 35-yard line. Then I kind of think the idea works a little better, 4th and 15 from the 35, because if it's an incomplete pass – the other team has the ball on the 35-yard line. They're not quite in good field goal range. You know, they, that's, that's still a long field goal for them um, if they advance the ball. But if you put somebody on the 25-yard line, they're already in field goal range. And I don't like conceding right, three uh, points just because you give up an a, a onside kick, so to speak. Yeah. You know, most of the time when people are onside yeah. kick, the other team gets the ball about the 45-yard line, something like that, you know, and you can still yeah, play defense. Right. So I think they need to move it up some. Other than that, I don't. I mean, I I still prefer the I, I, like I say, I'm such a, a, kick, a big special teams person, man. That you know, it's just like I, I don't think the the uncertain. I, I think the thrill of the onside kick, of course, it, you know, it's 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 even more difficult now with all the rule changes. But it's just like that rare bounce of the ball, and if somebody don't gather the ball right or something like that, but uh uh with the right team, fourth and fifteen, shit, that's that's highly doable with you know, depending on who the who the team is. Um I agree. But in the Pro Bowl I don't think it's uh, in the Pro Bowl I'm like, damn, is the Pro Bowl gonna be that is, is it supposed to be that competitive? Because shit ain't nobody nah, really Nah, they probably you know, hit nobody nothing like it. that. I mean they may do it yeah. simply uh, just just to do it. You know, somebody will score a touchdown and, Right decide they're going to do it just to do it. But um, I really don't see a need for it in the program. I, I would honestly. like to see the, the – I, I would like to see everybody just get elected to the Pro Bowl, but the actual football game, I you know, I would like to see just like, I don't know, maybe um, um, a bunch of people trying to make the team get to play and be like, shit, everybody's on the practice squad. We're going to pick, you know, five of you motherfuckers going to make it. So, shit, you know, it's going to be some entertaining shit because anybody who look like they can halfway play football is going to try to play. <laughs> right. But the Pro Bowl, but, you know, it's just like if you elected to that, you don't have to worry about your health or going out there just for fun and all that stuff. But the game itself, that's that's the problem. It's just like, you know, I understand from an ownership standpoint, you don't want to, you know, your million-dollar investments to get hurt in something that's pretty much meaningless. Yeah. But, um, you know, I understand that part, but as far as the crowd, everybody want to see some. It's hard to water down tackle football. I mean, you know, it really is tackle football. That's what you're looking for. So that's why I say put people out there who's not actually, 
got nothing to lose, and that'll be some entertaining stuff. They won't be called a pro. It won't be called a Pro Bowl, but it'll be a Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl event game or some shit like that. Kind of like the Hall, almost like the Hall of Fame. It's like the Hall of Famers not playing the game; they just being honored by a game. Yeah, yeah. So, well, um, Ray, what do you think of the rule, man? Um, the fourth and fifteen from the twenty-five yard line could it work? Is it something you wouldn't mind seeing, or do you would you tweak it some kind of way? No, I like to keep my football pure. You know, I like the way it's going and where everybody can understand what's happening, not like, well, this is not XFL. If they did something like that, then we can maybe look at it. It's a different league. They may have different rules. But the NFL, I think they should keep the rules the way they are. And I understand the players have made it bad for owners because they start talking about all this CTE shit and everything else because they want money now that they didn't get years ago. So they have to protect themselves as a league. But football is football. You assume certain risks when you play. You know, you can't get some lawyer and some lawyers say, well, then you realize they got a multi-billion dollar insurance claim Guy looking around and say, hey, he ain't got but a few thousand dollars. Okay, I put my name, he put his name in a hat, and he could end up with $600,000 from that suit. What do you think he's going to say? And now that's what's made it bad for the league itself. We don't like it as fans. Now you got to hit this way. You can't use your helmet. You can't do this. You can't do that. Then they want to constantly make the league safer and when it's football. That's like, you imagine if boxing did the same thing they try to do to football. Okay, oh, well, you can't hard. hit a guy with a closed glove or some shit like that. You know, well, how you going to knock him out? Now, everybody boxing the distance. You see, and guys like Wiles wouldn't have a career. But that's, that's what they're trying to go with football, and I just don't, don't care for it. I mean, I think they should keep the rules the way they are now. Certain risks you take when you play football. You don't want to get hit. You play tennis. <laughs> nice. Damn, Buck, what do you think, man? They need to stop trying to change the game. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, um, there has to be some things in sport in football you just don't change. I understand that you're trying to make the game safer and all that, yada, yada, yada. But – you got to be able to play the game the way it's intended. And that's, that's a big part of the game. It's been part of the game for a long time. Why change it now? And, you know, you get the right team out there, fourth and fifth team, they're going to convert that. So if you want to, you know, the Pro Bowl is going to be for the pro players. It's not, I mean, you want to experiment with some rules, that's fine. But, at the same time, the game needs to – some things can be changed. Some things don't need to be. And this is one of the things that don't need to be changed. And surprise, you know, surprise outside has been used in football for years. Uh, Bill Cowell did it in the first Super Bowl he was in. Um, Sean Payton has used it. So my thing is, why change it? Leave it alone. It's not broke. Well, if it's a way to break it, the NFL will do it. Uh, 
So I, I, I personally don't. I mean, I, I like the idea. If you want to give them an option, I don't even know if you want. If I say give them an option of doing either or, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see it. But I think I like the onside kick the way it was before they made the last rule change. Uh, it's let the guys line up once, load up one side of the field, and have a chance of getting the ball back. I'd rather they do it th that way than the fourth and fifteenth thing because, you know, with the right offense, man, the Chief will, can probably keep the ball the whole first half if they <laughs> if they wanted to. I mean, so just just. Leave things as the, as they are, if you ask me. But all right, uh, to Zion will be playing the Spurs um, on Wednesday night. Most of you will hear this podcast on Wednesday, so uh, and it will be his debut for the NBA regular season. Zion has been out for you know lower leg injuries and things of that nature. You know, he blew out the shoe back at Duke, and they're trying to make sure that his meniscus is good. He had surgery on the meniscus back October 21st, and the original timetable was eight weeks, but it's been almost 14 weeks. And so tomorrow is his debut. And, Ray, what did you expect from Zion, and how do you think the Pelicans should use him the rest of the season? Do you think they should have just red-shirted him the whole year? Or um, what do you think they should have done as far as handling this? And what are your expectations of him? No, I think they, I think, I think they did what they needed to do. They took their time with it. It's supposed to have been eight weeks. They took 14. And, you know, I expect them to come out, play maybe 21 minutes tomorrow, have 21 points. And, you know, they're going to work him in slowly. But that kid going to be a problem when he do touch the court. And, you know, I just think that people act like you can't get injured. And I just don't understand why he can't get injured. You know, and the kid is going to be dynamic when he does touch the court. And I think New Orleans, he's going to turn New Orleans around. I think he's still got a shot at rookie of the year. I know John Moran is doing his thing like crazy, but Zion come in and they start winning. And, you know, he's doing some dynamic things out there. He can still get rookie of the year, I believe. And, you know, I think he's going to be all right. I just think he's need to take his, his injury slow, and he's going to be fine. I expect him to do well. But I think they're going to run the play him at probably 20 minutes. But I expect him to have 20 points in those 20 minutes. Okay. Eminem, what do you think? Well, I think that uh, as far as the way they handled it, I mean, I agree with Ray. I mean, you know, just having a little extra precaution. Uh, the biggest concern that I would have, you know, hopefully he's he's going to be somebody who's not going to be constantly played with injuries, kind of like uh, Greg Ogden back in the day. Um, hopefully that won't be the case. And then he's going to have to – the hardest challenge for him until he's, you know, fully acclimated back to uh, game speed and all that and, 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 and not re-injuring himself. He almost going to have to, it's almost like for the first at least couple weeks, 
the challenge is going to be getting a young man to play like an old man. You know, an old man, he know when to do certain stuff. He know how to kind of uh, slow up when he need to, not go full speed all the time, high-risk stuff. Young guys don't play like that, and understandably so. But when you're injured or you're recovering from an injury, you don't want to re-aggravate something. So other than that, I think he'll be fine. And, you know, as far as his play on the court, if, he, if he's healthy, you know, I think he's going to be a beast. But, you know, but it's just that he has to, uh, you know, um, mentally understand that, you know, he, he might not can just – he might feel like going full blast, but he really need to kind of give himself time to work back in and not try to do too much too fast, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, man. My so biggest that's gonna fear... Be a real, that's going to be a real challenge. My biggest fear is, is him being scared to get injured and not playing at his full level, you know, of, of, of potential. Um, you know, he just needs to go out there and play. I mean, you're already rich. Just go out there and play and just, you know, pray that nothing happens. But, Buck, what's your take on it, man? How do you think the Pelicans should use him going forward? And how do you think he'll respond? I think he'll respond well. Um, I don't know what his injury history is. Um, I don't think he has a history. But from what I can understand, I don't think he has a history of being injured. Um, it may be the first time he's ever had to be out of basketball for a significant amount of time, if I'm not mistaken. But I think the Pelicans handled handle it well. I think he'll do fine. I think, you know, he may want to stay on the court a little bit longer than he wants to tomorrow night. They're not going to let him do that. They're going to kind of protect him. Um, I'm not sure where they are seated as far as, you know, potential playoff chances and things they're of that nature. Right they're, they're not a good team right now. And, but – but, you know, they want to, you know, this is a kid that they want to build around. So as long as he doesn't, you know, get out there and act a fool tomorrow night, I think he'll be fine. It's just a matter of him getting his feet back under him and uh, doing what, you know, doing what he needs to do to be successful and win, and win basketball games. Um, he has to realize and understand that he's going to be the nucleus of his team for, for the foreseeable future. So you got to protect yourself, but you can't play. You can't play in fear. You have to get out there and get, you know, get with it. Um, trust, trust the process. Trust that doctors get their job and get out there and get after it. And I think if he does that, um, the Pelicans can, you know, maybe they can, you know, salvage something towards the latter part of the season if they're able to do so. We'll see, you know, see what we'll see, won't we? No doubt. So, yeah, I wish that guy the best of luck, man. I don't want him to be one of those guys that deals with injuries like, like Eminem mentioned with Greg Oden and everything. I would like for him to have a a nice and, and long career and we actually see, you know, what he can do. So uh, that's that, that, my friend, is the bottom line, to quote the late Frank <laughs> Melton. Grant Hill was another one. Yeah, yeah, Grant Hill was a... Uh, as long as he healthy, I mean, he was, you know... That was just a... a seemed like he was going to be the second coming, but... That was a tragedy, I mean, right there for him and Penny Hardaway. A lot of guys who were doing big things and injuries derailed them. 
But speaking of injured guys, yeah, you know, uh, they've been talking about Derrick Rose being a member of the Lakers or the um, uh, who was the other team, the Sixers. Uh, you know, in a possible trade. Uh, what do you all think about that? I mean, for whoever wants to speak, who who do you all? I think Derrick Rose has been playing very well for someone that's had the injuries that he's had, and the fact that he's you know no longer nineteen years old, but um. Derrick Rose to the Lakers or the Sixers, which one do you think makes more sense? Yeah, he probably needed more in L.A. Um, if they want to. And I'm only saying that because of uh, the Clippers, you know. Um, you know, they, they, you know, just having that uh, another veteran to maybe get hot and get some spark here and there and some um, – uh, you know, strong knowledge of the game, and you know, able to handle the pressure and stuff like that. You know, in the, in the, when the playoffs get here, especially when you get deep in the playoffs. Uh, of course, he he would benefit the Sixers too, but I just know that uh, the uh, with the Lakers, it's going to be you know they're going to need everything they got to even you know halfway uh, compete with uh, the Clippers when they meet because they're going to be you know when it count count. Okay. Anybody else? They're gonna need, they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to have all hands on deck because once once the Clippers are healthy, the Lakers can get their ass on the water. You know, and the main reason I'm saying this is, so what happens is is that you know everybody's looking at all these points and all this all this junk that LeBron scores. But it never, he never scores when it counts. You know, he's trying to pass the ball, this person, that person, this person, that person. Look, you got signed for a reason. You got mm-hmm. you got signed to make make the big points in the fourth quarter. I don't give a fuck about double-doubles, triple-doubles, and all that shit. I, I care about winning down the stretch, making the big shot at the end of the game to, get, to win the game, or getting your team ahead far enough to where you ain't got to worry about making no big shot. He never shows up. When it counts, you go, you go to all these damn, you go to all these damn championships and lose, and you got less than fifty percent for a championship. Are you some king? You know how close to king. If he shows up and plays to the top of his game, where he's supposed to, and you know, save yourself for the first quarter and get out there and take control of the damn game. He's done that a couple of times this year. You know, and I'm going to keep saying it until he does it. Show up in the fourth damn quarter when it counts. Don't give a damn about all these, all these stats you padding. That yeah, doesn't mean the damn Le- thing to me. See, LeBron is, is the biggest uh, narrative changer in in sports history. You come out yeah. just like last night. He passing the ball around, all that bullshit. Boston beating their damn head. And all you can get is 15 points. I don't care if you go see your yeah. son or not. What they got to do with you putting the ball in the hole? Nothing. You know, but somebody say, oh, he had 13 assists and how many rebounds and all this kind of stuff. That don't mean nothing. Yeah. End of the day. That don't mean a damn thing. How the Clippers is going to beat their ass, they going to D his ass up. And they're going to force Anthony Davis to do something. And Anthony Davis is soft as cotton. He's a good player. But he needs, he needs somebody else to lead him. Yeah. You yep. LeBron sit down or something, anything. They get stopped just like they were last year. 
Come on, where all that yep. that turnaround jumper and stuff at now? You know, yep. that that's what I'm saying. You look at him. Oh, when he getting ready to leave. He all on the court, his mouth covered, following LeBron James. Man, you supposed to be your yep. own man. When you a man at that at that age, you're 25, 26, or whatever age you are, you supposed to be your own man. These guys walking away from big super maxes and everything else. Hey, that man makes sixty million dollars off the court. He can afford to do that. For you to walk away from that money is just stupid. Now, yep. When you look at these guys, you said, okay, you need to put that ball in the hole. See, if I was the coach, I'd tell yep. him that. If you get anything yep. more than five assists, I'm gonna pull your ass out the game. <laughs> Now you're out here passing. First of all, Rondo led the league three times in assists. Why the fuck are you touching the basketball? Now you say, well, oh, he leading the league in assists and all that because it sounds good. No, we need somebody to put the ball in the hole. That's why I say no matter James yep. Harden, he was like one for 17 three-point field goals last night, the night before last, whatever it was. But one thing I say about James, he going to leave his gun empty. <laughs> he he understands yep. the object of the game is putting that ball in the hole. Not all this Thank other you. shit. Bounce pass. You round there dribbling. Look yep. at all at the corner of your eyes. So, boy, I'm blind. That joker we played on Gene, yo. I do like yeah, that. Like, Morant did the other night to, to, to yeah. what's the name over there in Cleveland and posterized that. You have yeah. to, you know, you play to Put win the that game. Ball in the, in the words, and and. Put it in the hole. You play to win the game. You don't play, play the, the stat, the stat your stat. Nah, that's what so, I always so, liked about Carmelo. A lot of people didn't like him because he didn't play yeah. defense. But one thing about it, him and Iverson, they gonna be they they not gonna they not gonna smell fear. They gonna shoot the rock. They gonna shoot it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what his problem is. Put that ball in the, in the hole. When the game is on the line in the fourth quarter, that's when you need to put the. And this is what this is what you are paid to do. In the fourth quarter, you're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be the one. You're supposed to be the alpha male. You're supposed to be the, the dog, the homeboy. You're supposed to take this the one that nobody can beat, the one that one that you know pisses everybody else off because you, you're hanging on the rim dunking on the ass. You have to show up for the fourth quarter. I don't give a shit what you do the first three. I don't care if you don't score but 50, 20, 25. I don't care if you score but Ten points the whole first three quarters. You better go thirty in that fourth quarter. I mean, and that's when it counts. That's what I mean. That's what they're looking for. The, the Lakers do not have the type of players yet. They only got two players. Really got one. And then if you're passing the ball around to everybody else, trying to get them involved, they already should have been involved already. Okay, they should have already been involved already. You are supposed to one to take control of the game. What did the Black Mamba do when it's time when the fourth quarter show up? What did Michael Jordan do when the, when the, when the fourth quarter come up? Didn't he show up? What did Magic Johnson do? What did Larry Bird do? Even Larry Bird showed up, showed up in the fourth quarter. They weren't trying to pass the stats to make it look good. They tried to make it look like you the greatest of all time. you the greatest hey, of all time. Hey, don't, don't forget, uh, the fourth you know, he done burned himself out. Don't forget Russell Westbrook, cause that joker, man. You got to show up in the fourth quarter. I don't give a damn what you do the first three. You got to show up in the fourth. If you don't show up in the fourth quarter, fuck off. Stat, it don't mean a damn thing. I'm old school, and old school means something. 
Cause I I get out there with these young motherfuckers now, dunk dunk on the ball and and, and talk shit and slap it across the street. And I'm gonna do yeah, even worse like when say, it comes down to the fourth quarter. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, yeah, LeBron, man, that joker boy, he he got a lot of people hoodwinked and stuff. See, like when you take a okay. guy like that. He shouldn't even care about no damn assists. It's like, look, man, that's for guys who don't have half your ability. Assists is for, like, Thank on a sec, them jokers like that. I'm like, look, man, Thank I'm trying to see how many people I could dunk on. I'm going to have a highlight probably about every week on somebody. I'm going to, you know, every, like, every uh, kind of like how Jordan did Greg Olsen tag. I'm like, you can jump that high and you that damn strong, man. I'm going to have people scared even. You don't want to guard me too tight because if I place this ball on the floor and beat you off the dribble, Whoever in front of me, you know, if you don't draw the charge, this ball finna come down in your throat. You know, I ain't passing to nobody. I'm gonna try to. And I'm then if I shoot, if I shoot a three, I'm gonna try to put your ass up. Yeah, and I'm if I shoot a three, I'm If I shoot a three, I'm gonna get my own brick and go right back up with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Man, what it's all about. I That's what it's all about. Jerry Rose, Rose will be better served going to Portland and getting with Carmelo, somebody who ain't got no fear, even though he way up past his prime. And that'll be some entertaining stuff, even though they're not going to go nowhere. But it'll be fun to look at. But um, like I, I say, I, I, I don't I, think the Sixers going to use him right. That's the only thing about the Sixers. I just don't think they're going to use him right. I appreciate you getting but back, y'all getting back Portland, on the topic. You know, they're I, not even I, in the in the conversation. But I have to, Portland, to admit, Carmelo. this is this is the best rant I've, I've heard in a long time, man. Y'all were no. killing me. I was on mute <laughs> and I was just dying laughing. No, yeah, no. But you dare get up there with Carmelo? He get up there with Carmelo, or you go send him to uh, Houston? Got just too too many people right now. You get him up there with Carmelo. You just sit back. And they're going to upset somebody. They ain't going to win that, but they're going to upset somebody. All I'm going to say is this. All I'm, I'm going to say is this. You take, I guarantee you, if I was in the fourth quarter and I was playing LeBron James, I'm going to try to dunk on his ass every time I go up to the damn hole. I'm going to be trying to shoot his eyes out because that motherfucker mm-hmm. out there trying to pass the ball every damn body else while I'm taking it to the fucking basket. I, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. That's when you're supposed to score more yeah. than any and, other and time. And see, another thing, too, you know, now, of course, LeBron can't help this too much because you can't help who's playing when you're playing. But he really didn't you have nobody most of his career to challenge him, to really want to make him just like you letting everybody know, like, nah, man, y'all talk, I'm better than LeBron James, and I'm finna prove it. So you got him thinking about everything. Y'all remember that little short period of time that it was kind of like an unsaid thing, but you will see where – if, if, if Jordan hit 49, then Dominique some kind of way to turn around and try to hit 50. They had that little thing going for me. Of course, everybody know about uh, Magic and Larry. That was, like, worldwide. But I'm just saying, LeBron, he he he's benefiting from not having nobody to just challenge him for their crown or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, he and no it's crown. making him play different. He ain't got no crown. If anything, the boy need to grow a set of fucking balls and play in the fourth quarter. That's but that's not what I'm saying. That's if he had somebody like to challenge is, him man. like that, if he had, if he huh, had somebody to really challenge him, well, he had it too easy. He he was pretty much given everything. Nobody just yeah. came along. Just think about it. No. If, if he played against no. Kobe and Kobe was in his prime, see, no. Kobe going to make but, but, 
do everything you're gonna going to do because you're gonna know this, you're not gonna be the MVP. Is, you're not gonna be nothing unless you outdo this man. And just doing assists ain't gonna get it. This is what the misconception is on a lot of people's part is. Kobe Bryant was the best player, I would say, all the way up to 2012. Like, a lot of people say, well, oh, LeBron, he's been the best player for 15 years. Shit, we put, what NBA y'all watching? You know, you see guys on TV saying that shit. I'm like, okay, Kobe Bryant was the man. I said, 2011, 2012, he was the best player. And then, okay, like, even on YouTube, if you ever get some time, look at LeBron versus Kobe and Kobe versus LeBron. Kobe taking it to him every time out. But see, the thing about it is, see, LeBron had 21 points, 14 rebounds, 9 assists, or some old shit like that. Kobe Bryant be hung 45 on his ass. But you, but he got a better team around him than everybody else. Oh, well, all the Preach. things he could do Preach. and this, this, and that. Okay, well... This is what people got to look at. The LeBron, another thing is deceptive. Whether you take Michael Jordan, whether you take Kobe Bryant, he was not a better scorer. He was not a f- better free throw shooter. He was not better at steals. He was, you know, it's so many categories that he was not better at. Okay, you want to give him rebounds, you want to give him assists. But that's where it stops. Everything else, what? He's a terrible free throw shooter. He ain't even 70%. So... I'm just saying, when you look at his whole body of work, see, the stats are going to stack up. And now, that's what it is. It's a stats game, because the defenses are different now. That's why you see all these guys averaging triple-doubles and putting them up on a nightly basis. Back when we, we was coming up all through college and everything, old triple-double, you'd never see that again. Jason Kidd. Put up maybe seventy five or eighty or whatever in his career. Everybody thought that was something. Until Westbrook come along. Westbrook. Oh yeah, that, that triple double, double was sacred, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was sacred. Yeah. That, 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 that's what I'm saying. Now, any, any and everybody getting triple doubles is you can yeah. play that style of basketball. See, to me, the best style of basketball is it, it, it's five and two and six and zero. Oh. That's Kobe and that's that's Michael Jordan. That's the best style of basketball. Everybody can talk about shooting threes and he he averaging assists and doing all this and getting teammates involved. Hey, I'm going with the guy who can get me six rings. Can you do that? See, this is what guys do now. We sit around and we say, well, if if I can convince a sucker like Anthony Davis to come over here and play with me and all this kind of stuff and – you got to realize you can never be the best as long as you helping this guy. That's what guys don't realize. Yep. Oh, I go get me a ring and I do this. That's a conflict of interest. If you have a guy that's being a GM and he's playing on the team, that's a conflict of interest. Shit, if Michael Jordan had got Charles Barkley and Paul Malone and Patrick Ewing and got them guys together and played on one team, tell me what year they would have lost. You see, it's been, it been like watching the Olympic, uh, what the '92 Olympic team, what ten years yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah, and then they say right, but the the thing is, if all those guys would have been on the same team, all them guys would have been out there scoring. They wouldn't have been out there trying to help each other. They'd have been out there trying to rip the damn goal down. That's the difference. Yeah. The only thing is yeah. with LeBron, I mean, in in you know, you you got to score the points when it counts the most. You've got to score in the fourth quarter. If you can't do that, you know, this joker might score two points in the fourth quarter. 
and but he only got you know he got twenty twenty five the rest of the damn game. But he got all these oh, assists. He got a yeah, double double. Yeah, see all double, these guys. Double, but uh, but, this, is, but see, this is what it's I tell bullshit. you. They um, got these feminine ways, so they scared to be the alpha dogs. See, an alpha dog and, don't want to go play go with. Uh, he ain't gonna want to go play with Dwayne Wade. He's like, man, fuck that motherfucker. I can beat him. I don't need nobody. Yeah. You know, but these jokes don't think like that now. But see, but you see, got to go out the there and rip, rip a motherfucker's soul out. You got to rip a soul no, out when you get out there and play. You got to make other people but, scared of you. Take their ass to the goal. You don't Yeah, care. like but, one of the best championships I ever seen was when uh, Dr. J and Mo Cheeks beat the Lakers, man. That that, that was a damn sweep. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It's like nobody wasn't just trying to huh. stack up. It's like, shit, hey, I'm good too. Oh. You know, I just... But, man, but, there, but, there's got to be a time you got to... You got to be a time that you got to go out there. If you're in a championship game, and and we we talked about this in great detail, you know, a few few years ago. And I said, look, if you're gonna go to the championship, and you know they were losing, I said against Golden State, I said this bastard needs to be scoring at least forty points. Why forty points? Because if you scoring forty points a night, that's gonna automatically energize everybody else on the team. That motherfucker scoring forty. I need to try to score forty. They might not score. But then you got four or five players in double figures instead of single digits. Because if they see you doing it, you ain't trying to – that's how you help another player. If you go out there and dominate a game, then they're going to say, all right, we need to do the same shit. They pick that game up automatically. Don't be sitting out there passing the ball to this joker. He can't shoot. He's not driving to the basket. He's trying to shoot. Way out here past three point range, trying to make the shit look pretty, trying to do all the showtime shit instead of taking the ball to the hole and getting high percentage shots. You know, you got you are supposed to be the one that's doing doing all the scoring. You know, you get forty yeah, fifty points, then it, it'll look t- a little bit look a little bit different. But I'm but I'm gonna tell you what he do, but he's a narrative changer. Just like you said, well, he ain't scoring in the fourth quarter. See, when he plays somebody like Cleveland Cavaliers, he'd go and put up 18 points in the fourth quarter. So when he don't do nothing against a good team, his average is still nine points or something in the fourth quarter. When the yep. games that we watching that we care about, you running around here, you ain't done nothing. Because you say, well, yep. okay, just like the first game, he scored 18 points when they played the Clippers. Had he scored 29, yep. they win the fucking game. But you walk around there, hey, the man put a commercial out saying, I'm the fucking king of L.A. You stand there, walk around like you don't want no smoke. Like he used to do with Kobe all the time when he played with him. Instead of you coming out and say, okay, I'm going to try to hang 50 on you and show you what the deal is. He can't do it because he's scared. And a lot of these young kids, they miss yeah. that. And ain't, yeah, and ain't, see, that's, that's what, uh, that's the, and see, yeah. and, and, and and see the mentality. You know, a lot of people forgot the mentality Ray Allen had. He didn't give a damn about nobody. Carmelo, damn sure didn't give a damn. So, like I say, jokers like that, man. It's for just like shooting that motherfucker. They, they ain't no surrender, no surrender. Iverson, same way, no surrender. You don't care who, that's, who won. That's what you got to do. And until he does that, I don't give a. I mean, his legacy for me. You know, I don't ever call him King James because he's just not. He's just not there. And I don't give a damn about all these stat that stat pattern that his ass is doing to make you know to make himself look great, dude. The only way you gonna make it look great is to go out there and give me forty, give me forty points, give me fifty points when it matters. You go out there and you give me twenty five points in the fourth quarter, 
and and, and yeah. just destroy and look, somebody. You get hey, out there, but you, you, you talking about a guy? You talking about a guy that was in his absolute absolute prime, would not get in the slam dunk contest, knowing he could have won the shit. You know, I was just yeah. like, damn. What kid out of high school, I mean, you know, like, until you mature a little bit in sports or whatever, you thinking about, you ain't thinking about Hall of Fame and stuff like that until you get old, but normally when you a teenager, shit, the first thing you want to do is get in the damn NBA, make it, be good enough to make it to the NBA All-Star so you can, you know, put some highlights up, man. I'm like, damn, what kind of kid is this? I, I just knew he was going to be all in that shit for about at least five, six years straight. Yeah, he a bitch, bitch made kid. What he is? Bitch made kid. That's what he is, and he I, he played like a bitch in the fourth quarter. Like I said, this is one of the most entertaining rants against LeBron I've heard yeah. in a while. But, and but for Terry Rose, they 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 I need their like, well, they hold, need hold they need I'm glad I got my mute button back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, personally, <laughs> I feel that. Uh, that, you know, LeBron, I mean, of course, I know nobody's going to disagree and say LeBron's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, we, we we recognize him for his, his talents and what he's done. But I think what you all are all saying, if I can just sum, sum it all up, is that uh, you need to be able to get the points when your team needs them. And that's the bottom line. I don't think anybody really cares if if LeBron averaged 20 points a game as long as when the game's on the line and you need it in the fourth quarter, you know, you're getting your points. And, um, you know, Magic never averaged, you know, 35 points a game or anything like that. But And Larry Bird never averaged any 35 points a game. But when the game was on the line, you couldn't stop him. Okay. And, yeah, Magic had a lot of assists, but, I mean, he when the game was on the line, he was the one throwing that junior baby sky hook. You know, or Larry Bird was knocking down an 18-footer at the buzzer to send you home. I mean, I guarantee you the one person that Dominique Wilkins hates he ever met was Larry Bird because Dominique Wilkins is one of the greatest offensive players who, you know, couldn't get out of the, the Eastern Conference because of Larry Bird for, for the most part. And so I, I think that's what you all are saying, and uh, – I, I I got some guys in the zone coverage group that I'm gonna try to get on sometime in the future, um, who are huge LeBron fans, and man, I'm just gonna let y'all have at it, and y'all can go tit for tat and everything on that. We gonna, gonna cut the ass like grass. <laughs> we go, we go eat the ass up. Yeah. It don't make no damn sense. And they get they they all, all out there having orgasms about what this motherfucker got stat wise. I'll take his ass on at forty nine. I'll take his ass on at forty nine and show him how to really play some fucking basketball. What's up? I bet that I'll score his ass then. Where his assist then? Nah, nah, hang on the rim on his ass. I don't know about yeah. all that. Oh man, make make oh, make, no. make him play. Oh no. oh no, he he gonna beat you down like he's supposed to. But these these guys in the league, no, he ain't. Him. No, he is not. That pussy ain't, that pussy ain't gonna show up. <laughs> what's gonna happen? He gonna do just like he did them damn Tuklu College kids. Not show up, bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, and on that note, I'm gonna wrap this up. Eminem, I know you got to the uh, to the party late, man, but uh, we're gonna preview the Super Bowl next week, so we'll make our predictions for the Super Bowl next week. But I also 
<clears throat> made a brief announcement at the beginning of the show uh, that uh, the Talk to Q radio show will be returning on February the 20th. Uh, Dang. Uh, okay. Okay. So, I, you know, I took a year off, man, and I still got that fire in me, and I'm going to do it a little differently. Uh, there's only going to be one topic per show. The show won't be as long. But uh, I'm going to, and I'm not, you know, initially I said I was going to come back and do a podcast every now and then. This is not going to be a podcast. It's going to be the live call-in show like we used to do. Uh, so we're going to have okay. people. Okay, Yeah, we're going to have people calling in. <laughs> and uh, I, I have some people in the, the Jackson area who are chomping at the bit to discuss some of the things that um, I put out on Facebook, some of the memes I put out on Facebook on a regular basis. So, And I'm also going to change the format of zone coverage. Uh, the working title for the new show is called Unsportsmanlike Conduct, and it's going to pretty much be what you all just did over the last 10 minutes. That's pretty much we're going to debate certain topics. You know, we'll talk about a big game for you know now and then, but we're not going to be what zone coverage used to be and breaking down all the games and all that stuff. We're going to change this up a little bit and get into um, some debates about some sports topics because there's plenty to talk about. And uh, so I'll go ahead and get ready to wrap this thing up. But you all be sure to check ESPN for this huge fight they had at the end of the Kansas State-Kansas game. I don't know if you all had an opportunity to see it yet, but Kansas was stomping a mud hole at Kansas State. And they were trying to run the clock out. And the Kansas State guy stole the ball and went for a layup. And this dude got a monster block on him um, right at the buzzer and then stood over him um, to taunt him. And then he got pushed and they got pushed. And before you know it, these guys were in the stands. Uh, well, not quite in the stands, but they were in the, in the, um, the area where the, the journalists are, the sports reporters and all that stuff. And uh, it's a pretty big, pretty big little brawl. A lot of pushing and shoving. For the most part, there were a few punches thrown. It looked like a guy was getting stomped, but it was kind of hard to tell. But, uh, yeah, you can go to ESPN and check out that fight, because I'm pretty sure it'll be all over. But uh, go ahead and wrap things up. And while I try to pull up some who am I's, uh, um, anybody got anything that they want to discuss? Good for now. All right. Well, cool. Cool. <laughs> and let's see. I'm going to try to find a few of these who am I's and see if you all can figure who these guys are. For those of you who may be new to the show with the who am I's, basically I give them um, – we mainly do the um, football. Every now and then I, I, I'll do basketball, but for the most part we do football. I'll give them the the person's information, like their height, weight, what position they played, what college they went to, what round they were drafted by, and what team. And they have to figure out who the person is based on the information I give them. I usually try to come up with about maybe four or five people for them to um, try to guess. And so we'll go ahead and get ready to do that, fellas. I'm I, I do have one 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 thing real real quick. Uh, I caught the tail end of it on uh, 
on uh, I can't remember what I was looking at when I came from school, but they was talking about that um, Derek Jeter. It seemed like it should be unanimous with him getting in the baseball Hall of Fame, but it's like you know nobody don't know, but it should be so. Uh, actually, I saw the report. No, he missed it by one vote. He didn't. One person didn't vote. He what? One he got in, yeah, but, but he he wasn't unanimous. One guy didn't vote for him. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he was a Red Sox fan, and that's ridiculous. Ain't no reason everybody up there. Right, it's always like that with baseball. That's why I don't fuck with baseball. Yeah, you know. For like, Mariano Rivera is the most love baseball player ever. Man, well, he got in unanimously. Ever. Sorry. Yeah, I, I thought that was. I don't know how guy get that off when he got it off. If Derek Jeter's not a unanimous Hall of Famer, then, ain't, then uh, you know, just shut the whole thing down. The process is not working. Right. So. It's definitely not working. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Um, y'all ready? Yeah. I, I am a yeah. six-foot-four, six 340-pound defensive tackle, drafted number 12 overall in the first round, in 2006, oh, by the Baltimore uh, Ravens out of Oregon. Who am I? Oh, uh, man. Um, Lodi Nata. Ituuni Halodi Nata is correct. 36 years old today. I am a six foot three. Six foot three, 214 pound wide receiver. 36 years old, drafted number three overall in 2005 by the Cleveland Browns out of Michigan. Who am I? Oh, uh, Braylon. Braylon. Damn, I'm looking at his haircut and everything. Yeah. Um, Braylon. Golly. He left Cleveland and then he went to the Jets and stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Braylon Edwards. Edwards. Uh, Braylon Edwards, yeah, that's yeah. it. Braylon Jamel Edwards. Y'all tickle me. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, all right. I forgot all about that dude, man. I am a 5'10", 204-pound running back, and I always expect them and them get these old running backs. 51 years old, drafted in the ninth round in 1990 out of Clemson by the Minnesota Vikings. Number twenty one. Who went? Uh, um, no, no, Robert. Um, no, 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 Robert. He came out of Ohio State. Um, you said Clemson. Clemson. Ninth round. Clemson. What's his height? What's his height again? Five ten. You probably mainly know him from playing with the Redskins. He had twenty one TDs oh, in um, nineteen ninety six. Jamie Morris. Nope. Mm-mm, no, it wasn't Jane Moore. Terry Allen. Terry Thomas Allen Jr. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, one of my number style-wise, one yep. of my favorite backs. Yeah. Style-wise. All right. I am a six foot one, 220-pound running back. Drafted in the first round, number seven overall, in 2007 by the Minnesota Vikings out of Oklahoma. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Oh, yeah, that's... Peterson. Last one. Anytime you want to chime in, Buck. 
All right. I'm a five foot ten, two hundred and forty pound running back. Thirty two years old. Drafted Derek the, Henry. Drafted in the first round. <laughs> no. Number thirteen overall. <laughs> In 2008, by the Carolina Panthers out of Oregon. Who am I? Oh, um, Gary Blunt. Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Creon Stewart has some solid. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I've been calling the names went, out, but Blunt I've been to, uh, Tampa Bay with him. Yeah, <laughs> and he was another. Yeah. Year. yeah, he had some solid seasons with Carolina. I didn't know. Man. Yeah, yeah. look, when you say 240, yeah. boy, that that, that eliminates a whole lot of people. Yeah, he yeah. only had one thousand yard season. Side. He had um twenty twenty rushing touchdowns in his first two seasons, eleven hundred yards in his second season, but then he couldn't stay healthy. Um, played fourteen games in his third. They was splitting the ball with D'Angelo too. Yeah, yeah, he played nine games in his in his fifth season, six games in his seventh season. He never played a full season after um, season four. So yeah, what? and you know what? That's what uh, that's what I hate about Terry Allen's career, man. I used to love his his style, man. But it's just like he, him, and Fred Taylor. You know, they kept toughing it out, toughing it out. But man, they just it just seemed like just injury plague. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. But uh, Frank Gore kind of had that problem, and him and Willis McGahey early, but they was able to recover, you know, and just kind of. Not Amazingly, because no those guys, people don't have that look. Those guys yeah. injuries look like it was going to end their career. That was some of the worst injuries I've ever seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially like yeah, that was man. college, so they off. get injured in the pros like that. I mean, but still, no, did you see injured, what happened to their leg? Like Willis McGahey's leg, I put on backwards. Yeah, I mean that, and that oh, was man. like in this. That was his senior year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what? Uh, nah, his last nah. Year he in college, was too early. Because well, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Frank Gore out. Yeah, because Frank Gore is Frank Gore. Yeah, but I mean, Frank Gore is the one. Um, a bad league. Was it Frank I mean, Gore that got t- taken out by Maurice Claret? Uh, Who was that that got got the helmet to the knee? Was that Frank Gore? In yeah, bowl yeah, game. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And then yeah. McGahey got his. No, no, no. They played Ohio State. Okay, that was McGahey. Uh, then. Uh, Maurice Claret got jammed up like that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, no, McGay, that was, that was That's what yeah, I'm saying. McGahee was on crutches and got taken in the first round because he knew if he come back and went against Frank Gore, he was not going to get that spot back. So, I wonder uh, yeah, what but, Mar- but, Maurice Claret's doing right now. But, yeah, but injury yeah, is still an injury, though. The other, you know, the a lot of times guys, they'll, they'll get re-injured again and get it cut short, so. He did an interview with DJ Vlad or something like that on on uh, YouTube. I saw him the other day. Okay, I see his oh, yeah, website. He, he, he has he's, a, right. he's an entrepreneur. He has a little website, Maurice Claret Online. Thirty six years old. He has a book yeah. um, called One and Done. All right, do your thing, Maurice. Hope you making money, bro. So, all right, fellas, we'll shut this thing down. Yeah, I appreciate man. you all coming on. We'll do the uh, Super Bowl preview next week. I'll reach out to you all for a with a date and time for everyone else. If you sign up for the email newsletter, then um, you will know when the show is going to drop because you'll get it in your inbox. So props to Eminem, Ray, and Buck for joining this week's show. Uh, more details to come on the Talk to Q radio show and our sports and likes conduct.
which is a working title. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your day. Peace out.